Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies in their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. Welcome to another episode of Kraken One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And I'm- on this episode, I'm taking over the beer search again, <laughs> Mr. International. And we're going to talk about a brewery that I've been wanting to kind of talk about for a little while. It's true. Samuel Smith's Brewery. Uh, so join me, if you will. And do you want to know the main reason that I always want to talk about Samuel Smith on the show? We're going on a beer venture. Not that. Do do you know what I think is the most interesting part of Samuel Smith's? I do not. It's because they use the water from the same well that was established in 1758. Oh, snap. For real? Yes. It is Yorkshire's oldest brewery. Uh, That's pretty crazy. I believe it is now the area's only brewery, uh, if I am to understand correctly. The history of the brewery is is somewhat interesting. Apparently, you can call it Samuel Smith Old Brewery, um, or Samuel Smith's, which is what I call it. Or it's cool to call it Sam Smith's. Okay. Which, you know, don't get it confused with the... um, British singer, Sam Smith. Uh, It's an independent brewery. It's still owned and operated by the Smith family. Oh, it's still like a family business? That's cool. In Tadcaster, North Yorkshire. Uh, So that's why they have the Tadcaster and the Taddycaster or whatever. They have the different beers. I thought it was just a style of beer or a type of beer, but it's based on the place. Hmm. Uh, It used to be one of three breweries in the town, but now it is the only one. Uh, they produce. Ooh, they run out of town. <laughs> uh, well, funny. We, we'll get to that. Um, oh, <laughs> okay. They produce a wide range of beers from bitters, stouts, porters, lagers, and fruit beers. Uh, they are known to be highly traditional and somewhat eccentric operators of also around 200 pubs throughout England. Um, we'll get into that as well. And. In at least their main town of Tadcaster, they actually still have 
horses that carry the beer in the kegs from to all the local pubs. Cool. Uh, they're actually the only remaining kind of working, uh, I want to call them dray horses, I could be mistaken. Yes, did we talked about that when we did the Monty Python beer, I yep. believe. Yep. They're the only remaining uh, actually working. They're not just there for decoration, they actually work. Oh, that's cool. And they actually own them, and they do that. So I thought that was really neat. So the beer began as actually John Smith's brewery. Hmm. Uh, I like Sam Smith better. Technically, the building itself was Backhouse and Harley Brewery in 1758. Oh, that was where the well was created. But in 1847, John Smith purchased the brewery from money with his father. His father was a big time butcher uh, and cattle dealer, and he had enough money to buy the brewery. Or I don't know, out from under sounds bad, but by the brewery from Backhouse and Hartley and John Smith created John Smith Brewing and John Smith Brewing is actually still around. Oh, they're just not in Tadcaster or that area. When they realized he wanted to move or make a bigger brewery, John Smith left the brewery to his young nephew, Samuel, who renamed that brewery Samuel Smith's Brewery in 1886. Oh. So even though they're using the same well from the old brewery that was from 1758, they are the third brewery on the premises. Uh, since 1886, which is still pretty old, yeah. especially to us Yanks Yep. <laughs> uh, across the pond whose country isn't that old. Uh, but that's pretty cool. It's also pretty cool. They're using the same well water, like I said before. So Samuel actually inherited the empty building and it's well, but he had no equipment he needed to do anything. But he was able to create the brewery, get all the equipment in and actually competed with John Smith's brewery. Uh, pretty much neck and neck. They were they were in competition with each other. So Ooh. basically he was given the, the building, but nothing else, but still was able to build that up to compete with his own uh, uncle, I guess. A little bit of family. Uncle company. Yeah, family competition there. There's nothing I could read about, though, if they like became rivals or anything, just that they could become, you know, equal competition. Mm. Before we get into more of like, like I said, like the bad stuff and uh, key <laughs> running people out of business kind of thing. <laughs> They're known for brewing a very interesting way called, uh, they brew on the Yorkshire Square. So what? it's a- Teach me, beer fesser. It's a two-story fermentation system characterized by a shallow chamber, approximately two meters high, above which is a walled deck. Cooled wort, the liquid extracted from malted barley, is fermented in the lower chamber while the yeast- the yeasty head settles on the deck above. During the first stage of fermentation, the fermenting wort is periodically pumped from the bottom of the chamber over the yeasty head to keep the yeast mixed with the wort. Later, the mixing is stopped and the wort in the chamber allowed to settle and cool gently. Most of the yeast rises onto the deck and is left behind when the beer is drained from the chamber. Uh, the whole process takes at least six days. However, beer straight from a Yorkshire square vessel will still have a harsh flavor, so the residual yeast is allowed to ferment any remaining sugar, producing a little extra alcohol and carbon dioxide, which mellows the beer. Uh, and this is kind of said to give it a, from what I can keep reading, a a more like a creamy texture because oh, of that. Okay. So it's because it's able to... Don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it eats all the remaining sugar. It's basically the yeast is pretty much all completely dead. It's not not really doing anything anymore. So it's it like that's why they say it mellows the beer. I think mm -hmm. that's what gives it kind of that creamy kind of stuff. So it's still used by it's not used by many people anymore. Uh, but Samuel Smith uses it. Theakston Brewery uses it. Cameron's Brewery, Marston's, and the Black Sheep Brewery. And Black Sheep okay. is who did the, the Monty, Python. Monty Python beer. Mm -hmm. 
but I believe I talked briefly about the Yorkshire Square thing, or I m- maybe mentioned it when we did this Samuel Smith on the Stout episode for the Oatmeal Stout. Yes, so we, we have we covered it only briefly. briefly touched upon. Yeah, them. so I thought that was cool. Some of the pictures I've seen are literally just squares with the yeast is rising up, and they've got this guy with like a scraper kind of scraping <laughs> the extra yeast as it's going across. It looks like a really weird method that obviously we haven't seen in any of the breweries we've visited yeah. so far. It's kind of like this open fermenting process, uh, kind of like a like a almost a miniature model version of the cool ship that Area 2 has where the beer is like left out in the oh, open. But I guess yeah. it's just the yeast, uh, at least in, like I said, in the picture I had. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I guess Welsh slate does the is the best material to make these squares. They're made from Yorkshire sandstone, but Welsh slate quickly proved to be the material of choice. Hmm. Uh, which means nothing to me other than, you know, British, British, Welsh, Welsh, Yorkshire. Yeah, Yorkshire. exactly. <laughs> Same. But I thought that was really cool. So another cool thing about the brewery, which is also kind of its downfall, uh, is they are very old school in their pubs. They try to give about this really old school notion. They actually recently, I think uh, in 2017, they started to take away all of their signage all of their promotion stuff there so in the brewery itself in the pubs around they're all kind of different named at least the ones in london okay. there are like 20 i think in center london alone i watched a youtube video where a couple um visiting from the states hit five of them oh wow uh, but they all had different names and they have different entrances and different rooms and they all have different kind of bars which is really cool so you go to one room and it's the darts room and there's a bar there, but then you go to another room and there's another bar, but then there's like a little lounges and stuff as well. Huh. You can go into all these different rooms. They only serve Samuel Smith beer mm-hmm. and they don't serve any food. They only recently uh, started serving food like 2007 and that food is all Samuel Smith's food. So it's like um, crisps and pork rinds and stuff like that. Okay, so peanuts. like, yes. Gen, just general bar food, bar, food, bar yeah, finger yeah. food. Yeah. Um, nothing like crazy food. Although a couple of the London ones said like you could actually order. There's like a full menu and stuff. Hmm. So that might have changed or some of the London ones might be a little fancier. For the tourists. So they want to give the brewery an old school feel. Like they want to have like a, a classic Victorian feel, I guess, to their brewery, their pubs. So in 2004, no more music. What? No more music was allowed or TV. Now, they said it helps to get to the feel of their bar, but also it's really so that they don't have to pay the royalty fees. Yeah. Any bar or restaurant has to pay uh, to the the music licensors. So you anybody who doesn't know any bar or restaurant that plays music, they are paying royalties to basically the the music people like here in here in America. We have two big ones, AIG or something like that. Oh, Okay. They have initials. So it's similar in everywhere in the world, including England, and they didn't want to pay. So no music, no TV. They don't have to pay anybody anymore. The outside food, the, the food thing, same though. thing. Exactly. That's more authentic. But they don't have to pay. And they only have Samuel Smith beer, which also helps bring the prices down for the beer. They're known for very cheap beer because basically you're not paying much more than what it costs to make the beer. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's a smart business model. Not saying I agree with it's it. It's a shrewd business model. Exactly. So the price really only goes up when the materials, uh, when the price of materials go up, mm-hmm. which is, which is nuts. And I guess they don't serve 
There's something about like they try not to serve the bottle beer unless it's the bottle beer that the only the stuff they have to serve in the bottles. Uh, so the stuff that they brew in the casks and the kegs mm-hmm. gets it cask and keg wise because obviously bottles are more expensive. Yep. Those are the ones that get sent out to the stores only. Um, but I think the bitters, which I wanted to buy so bad because we are going to have the nut brown ale today mm-hmm. and we've done the oatmeal stout. You and I have had the nut brown and the oatmeal stout before, just in general, even before we did the episodes. It's true. So I kind of wanted to get the bitters. I was like, oh, bitters, they do have bitters. <laughs> but alas, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I thought this is more traditional Samuel Smith. So this is what yeah. I, at least I thought, but they've been doing the bitters quite, for quite some times, but this is a newer oh. bitters, I guess, that you can get. Okay. They retired their original bitters in 1990, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. So yeah, why? Not only in 2004 did they ban music, in 2017, the brewery then banned motorcyclists. What? Because they wanted to stop undesirables from coming into oh, the establishment. No. Which, guess what? You're a pub. Guess who goes to pubs a lot? <laughs> motorcyclists. So all these motorcycle guys are just like, I've been going to this pub for forever and now I can't come because I'm on a motorcycle. That's so dumb. Yeah undesirables it's unbelievable and at some point they started to ban swearing you can no longer in swear pub? in a pub if you swear in the pub you're you're excused you get cut <gasps> off if you swear in the pub if the bartender hears overhears you swearing you're done and they get to enforce these rules because the people that own these pubs are actually kind of it's kind of like how McDonald's does it you own these pubs, you have to obey by the rules, but it's also you're leasing the land from Samuel Smith. Samuel Smith owns the property and the land mm-hmm. and the managers for the majority part are also the tenants of the land. They live mm-hmm. above the pubs most of the time, the way mm-hmm. the pubs work. So you actually live in the room above or whatever. Yeah. You have a flat somewhere in the area. Okay. So you don't obey the rules. They shut your pub down. They take away your lease, which also means they get to evict you because they own the property. Holy shit. And that does happen. They also have a 6% rule. If you're pouring the beer at a Sam Smith brewery, it has to be 6% foam. And that is to save on money on the pint. But they claim it's for the experience, obviously. Oh, yes. And any customer can get it topped off. But there are so many different things online. You know, I went into this going, oh, Sam Smith is an old brewery. So many things online, uh, like BBC News documentaries and talk show hosts just completely like taking the piss out of them for their obscene, crazy rules. And all these managers who've been fired for like crazy reasons. There was another uh, couple that got evicted during the pandemic for some reason, not being able to keep their sales or their inventory in stock. Gee, Uh, I wonder why. uh, So I guess, guess what happens if you're two men who are caught kissing in a... uh, in a Samuel Smith's pub. Oh, no. You also get kicked out. I guess it has just uh, up get to with 10 the instances. Times. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, and I guess this isn't necessarily the company's fault, but Humphrey Smith, who is the descendant of Samuel Smith, because it is family owned, is mm-hmm. quite the way the British put it, quite the bugger. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's all kind of him and his his outlook, I guess. 
the way they Samuel Smith also the brewery also owns most of the town or has a huge controlling interest in the town of Tadcaster as well. Oh, that's unfortunate. And they have to say, I guess, a bridge was destroyed, which separates half of Tadcaster during a storm. The town proposed a temporary bridge that would go. Uh, a little bit to the side of the old bridge, which would go through some of the brewery grounds. Humphrey Smith said no, even though it was a temporary bridge. And that caused people who wanted to go to like the grocery store and the pharmacy are on two opposite ends of the town now. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to go from the grocery store to the pharmacy or vice versa, or they lived on either side, it's a 12 mile drive around what? detour. Uh, and this is a small, this is a small kind of city, a 12 mile detour to get from one half to the other half. If like you don't have the pharmacy on your half or you don't have the grocery store on your half, you now have to drive 12 miles. Oh my Lord. There are also a lot of accusations of like these shops and stuff that Samuel Smith isn't letting people rent them, but Samuel Smith says they're gross and blighted and that's why people don't want them. Mm-hmm. And the report actually showed the shops and the shops are gross and blighted and disgusting. Oh. Uh, and Samuel Smith does say that they actually have this huge renovation project for the town coming up. Uh, and they detailed it and stuff like that. So who knows? But I mean, a lot of the. Maybe this is their chance to do some good question mark. Yeah. A lot of the things about the brewery itself are just kind of like. <laughs> and to be fair, the gay couples that were ejected, that was, I guess, 2011. So I don't know if that is still the case now. And still the videos I watched recent. were older. Correct. Especially from England, which always seemed a little bit more ahead of the times, ahead of the times in terms of that. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was doing my research going, oh, this is going to be some interesting history in the the old (laughs) history. I'm going to get some 1700 and 1800s things. Nope. I just got a lot of uh, modern O's and stuff like that. But the pubs do seem really cool. I do want to go into one and check them out. The old school style, like, I don't know if I want to hang out all day, maybe have a round or two and yeah. then go to a different bar where it's a little bit more relaxing. Yeah. Where I'm not like, ah, oh, it's all these rules and there's no music. And I can't just swear. Odd. I can't swear. Not that I swear all the time, but like, it's just weird in a bar, especially a pub, especially an English pub. Yeah. I want to see people riled up, but you know, to each their own. But the bars and the pubs all seem cool. I do like the idea of going and getting your beer and it's all just Samuel Smith beer. It's really cheap. Getting it from the bar and then walking into one of the different themed lounges they have. I think that's kind of neat. Worth checking out for like a round. (laughs) Plus the beer. We're about to have the nut brown ale, uh, which I'm just about to talk about. It's it's old school beer and it's all super highly rated. So the beer is great, but the pubs and the way that the company maybe is run now is meh. But Humphrey Smith also looks really old. I didn't look up how old he was. I didn't really want to talk much about the guy. Because uh, I don't want to crap on this brewery too much because it's one guy for a brewery that's been around for, you know, hundreds of years. Maybe he'll kick the bucket and his other ancestors will be a little less snooty. There we go. <clears throat> There's hope yet. Plus, this is all just opinions of some people and not all the people. Yeah. But this is what I could find. Not too many pro Samuel Smith articles out there. Mm. The Samuel Smith Nut Brown Ale. Brewed with well water, the original well at the old brewery, sunk in 1758, still in use, with the hard well water being drawn from 85 feet underground. Best barley malt, yeast, and aromatic hops, fermented in stony Yorkshire squares to create a relatively dry ale with rich nutty color and a palette of beech nuts, almonds, and walnuts. 
That's beach nuts with two E's, not E-A, like at the beach. <laughs> uh, so the ingredients they give us are water, malted barley, yeast, cane sugar, hops, and carbon dioxide. It's 5% ABV, and it's best served at about 55 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about average, I think, for most of the beers we do. Yeah, I'd say. Um, it's got 0% fat, 3.7% carbohydrates. I think that's always interesting because it's British. Uh, only 0.4 grams of, of those carbs are sugars. No salt. So like a lot of older beers and older breweries, you don't get a lot of what's actually in it. That's more like a modern craft beer kind of small time brewery kind of thing going like, here's what we put in it. Drink this because it's got these hops. But I was able to find a BritishBrewer.com site. So shout out to BritishBrewer.com where he kind of went over how he's going to try to make if he was trying to make his own nut brown ale what he would do Hmm. so he goes over like people say it's got a walnut like color and a palette of hazelnuts roasted crystal malt and aromatic hops so he ends up kind of giving his own ingredient list on if you want to make samuel smith's nut brown ale here's how i would break it down which i think is really cool it's like those restaurant lists where it's like yeah uh, here's how i make the secret sauce yeah Mm -hmm. so according to him the grains are British crystal and chocolate malt, which makes sense because nut brown ale does have a little bit of chocolateiness, and we've had the chocolate malts before. Mm-hmm. His two hops for bittering, he uses East Kent Golding, and for flavoring, he uses Fuggle hops. Okay. The yeast is why yeast British ale? Uh, who knows? And also, he uses a teaspoon of British moss and a fourth teaspoon of yeast nutrient. I thought the Irish moss was kind of interesting. Yeah. So here's where I really get to be you. Mm-hmm. East Kent Golding is often thought of as the ultimate English hop. Grown exclusively in Kent, England and descended from Canterbury Whitebine. You can't get more British sounding than that. It's true. It is a century old variety. Despite claims to the contrary, it is identical to Canterbury Golding. The two names have been used interchangeably for some time. Canterbury is a town in East Kent and the hop was first brought to market there in 17. 17- 90. So it's a very old hop. Mm-hmm. Some, however, charge to this day that East Kent Golding and Canterbury Golding are two distinct varieties, though there is no clear evidence to support this. In other words, it's two old, crazy, crazy British guys in what I imagine tweed jackets and across the street, like yelling at each other. Ah. <laughs> the variety began to be known primarily as East Kent Golding in 1838. Uh, it's got a good yield in England, but is shown to have an even better yield. In the good old U.S. of A. in Oregon (laughs) after its introduction there in 1994. It's got an amazing aroma profile with lavender, spice, honey, and notes of thyme. I can't imagine we'll be able to get the lavender. No, Um, the thyme is probably elusive as well. Probably. I mean, I know I've had this beer before. It's been a little while since we've had this, but it's such a dark beer. Lavender is going to be tough. Yeah. Flavor-wise, it's earthy and mildly bittering with a sweet, silky, honey-like character. East Kent Golding is considered to be the quintessential English hop, long held as one of the island's favorites for ales and pale ales. And then you get Fuggle Hops, which are my favorite because they're called Fuggle. Yep. The Fuggle Hop originates in England and was first discovered in 1861 in a hopyard owned by George Stace in Kent. Some 14 years later, it was officially named and introduced by Richard Fuggle of Eventually in 1875, similar to a Styrian Golding, it is noted for its distinct European aroma and has enjoyed a long, versatile run. 
At its peak nearly 100 years ago, Fuggle was known as a dual-use hop. Today, however, as other highly alpha-acid varieties have become more prevalent, it is now prominently used for its aroma. No more double-hopping for you, Fuggle. <laughs> and that is what I do. That's it. That's what I got for you guys. That was so good. I'm so proud of you. Right? A little wompy, but I'm a little loopy. A little bit. For those who don't know, I actually caught the vid. Just a heads up. Boop, 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 boop. Elise here is negative. For now. For now. She's been negative. It's fine. But I have lost a bit of my sense of taste and smell, so Elise will be taking us on the flavor journey mostly. Right, right. But I'm hoping maybe the beer will stir some stuff up. Plus you've had it before, so. I have had it before, so I can describe some stuff. Also, because some of my taste is a little affected, I actually taste other things like way more. Yeah, I heard about that today, actually. <laughs> so let's find out. Nut brown ale. Nut brown ale. All right. Yeah. So I'm also excited because since I've gotten the vids, it's been a few days now, then I had work before. It's been like over a week since I last, no, it's been about a week since I last had booze. It's true. Whew, it's my first boozing. Also, we are actually cracking only one open today. Uh, because this is a big boy. This is a huge bottle. So I bought a, I was looking for Sam Smith. I knew I was going to do Samuel Smith this week when it was my turn to pick a beer. <laughs> when uh, it was tasked upon me to find a beer this week, I knew I wanted to try to do the history of Samuel Smith. I was looking around at the different beers and I saw this pack. It's like a pub pack that had four different Samuel Smith beers, a Samuel Smith pint glass, and coasters. And I was like, I can't pass that up. It was like 14 bucks. Yep. And what I didn't realize was the beers that they had in there were huge bottles, which makes it even more of a deal. And I bought one extra bottle. So you'll see in our promo images, tiny bottles, but we're actually drinking out of a large shareable bottle. And I didn't tell you, but they actually had the same pack at Trader Joe's when I went the other day too. Oh, did they? Mm -hmm. Look at Samuel Smith blowing up big time. Their brewery is actually huge. Saw some aerial pictures of it. It's mm -hmm. actually quite large compared mm. to the town. All right. Oh, compared to like the entire town? Wow. Yeah, it's like, here's Tadcaster and it's like, here's the brewery. It's like, wow. Got a lot going on there. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Crack it. Nice. Clean. Milady. That was rather clean, wasn't it? Ooh, very picturesque, deep, deep amber. Mm -hmm. Did I just pour two pretty much even glasses without even really trying? <gasps> I think I did. <laughs> Look at you go. So yeah, the color is what's striking first. It's like it is brown. Oh my gosh! But it's this not so good. It's not hazy. It's pretty. It's transparent. There's not a lot of carbonation, but there is a nice, nice mm -hmm. head. Agreed. But yeah, it's just a beautiful brown ale. It's something you don't usually see at least here in the States very often, is, is a brown ale that's this clean. clean. Yeah. It's really nice. Oh, I get like extreme amounts of like maltiness and nuttiness. So even through my COVID senses, <laughs> I can smell a malty sweetness. Mm -hmm. A malty sweetness is what comes off right off the top of it. I'm so excited. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, the bubbles are so much more oh, than I anticipated. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's carbonated at all. And then they really dance. Like it doesn't look like it does. It is this carbonated. There's such a nice 
intermingling between the bitter and the sweet in this beer Mm -hmm. that it makes it perfectly refreshing. There's some like seriously caramel notes, like sweet, deep caramel. It's got to be coming from the malts and stuff like that. And it's strange how how quickly the carbonation turns into just a smooth beer. See, I don't know. The carbonation is really dancing on my tongue for a while. But again, I'm coming from COVID senses. But it does finish super easy when you're drinking it. Absolutely. It does just go down. It's very light. Real easy. For how dark it is. Right? That's one of the things I really like about this. And I don't know. I think you've liked it when I've given you taste of it. But I don't think you've ever gotten your own full glass of this before. I don't think so. Although now I will. <laughs> the nut brown is is so good. It's such an easy finish. I mean, there's a reason this brewery's been around for as long as it has. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that their pubs are exist too. I mean, they've got over 200 pubs that only sell Samuel Smith's. And it's not because, I mean, I'm sure the beer is cheap, but beer is not cheap in general. So I'm sure the only, like it exists because the beer is really good. And if you look on yeah. Beer Advocate, uh, this is like a like a four point three five out of five or some crazy score like that. And some of my favorite beers are still in the threes out of five. You mm-hmm. know, it's impossible to get a beer that's like that highly rated. That's like getting a nine out of ten on IMDb or something. It's true. You always get your haters, and on this, I don't think anyone really hates this, unless you just generally hate brown ales or you're only into sours and yeah. you rate it and you go, it's not a sour. I love brown ales, and this is. You do this love is up there. And you're drinking water from a well that was made in 1758. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I think that definitely coming from more, I mean, we're not in an urban setting. We're not in the middle of a huge city, but it's more urban, suburban. Mm-hmm. You know, people even in America, even here in Connecticut, you know, when people are like in the rural areas and they have the well water, I think you and I both had the same sense of being like, ugh, well water. Well, I, I have just, to go come by, then I drink this, and I'm like, I'm not drinking your well water, dude. At least that's how I feel. I'm just like, no. I just know that there's such a stark difference because my nanny had well water, and you could you could smell there was a smell to it. See, that's, that's disgusting to me. But when you're brewing with it, it's it's cool. I mean, <laughs> you fermented it, you've boiled it. I'm sure you've done all that kind oh, of yeah. stuff, so it's fine. But I just think that that's really. It adds the character. History of it. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Oh, it's so nice to have beer again, even if I can't really taste it. But it's also like without the taste, you can just tell this is quality beer because it's so evenly both because I can like sensations are what I can have right now. I can yeah. sense sensations. And this is sweet, but not overly sweet. It's smooth. It's the bubbles so dance in your tongue. perfectly balanced. So fun. It's so perfectly balanced. Inc- like this is incredibly perfect. This is exactly like if I took a break from beer, which I did for like a week and I came back to it. This is one of the types of beers that I like want again. Mm-hmm. Like I need a beer. I do- I'm not going to go back to like a hazy IPA. That's my first beer back in a while or whatever, you know? But something like this is what you want. When you don't want an adventure, you just want a nice beer. And it's reliable. It's crisp reliable. a little bit. It's got a little bit of a crispness. A yeah. Like I wouldn't seek this out during the summer, obviously. No, not necessarily during the summer. I wouldn't say no if like it was on tap and it was next to other stuff that I maybe wasn't super interested in. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm not going to like drink this and be like, ugh, this is not refreshing at all. Um, I'd be neutral to it being out unavailable during the summertime. Yeah. Do you get the lavender notes? Not at all. <laughs> Here's the question. Because I know we talk about like the chocolate malt usually in stuff like stouts and stuff like that. Exactly. Do you get it or in porters? Do you get it in this nut brown ale that they're using chocolate malts? Because I remember the last time we had chocolate malts, it left like a little bit of a chocolate, kind of a chocolate cereal taste. Yeah. That you I, can get in the back end. If I really kind of think about it, I can get it, but it's a very, very delicate chocolate. Or is it psychosomatic? If I don't know. If you <laughs> if you had not told me that they use chocolate malts, would I pick it out? Maybe. Who knows? I can't get over the carbonation that dances on your tongue, even though you literally cannot see. And again, this beer is dark as brown, but it's completely transparent and you really can't see any bubbles. Nope. And it leaves an interesting foam on the glass as well. A thicker foam. It does, surprisingly, considering the head already is gone. Do you want to describe the bottle or do you want me to describe the bottle? I think you enjoy it. <laughs> so the Samuel Smith bottles, I think all of them have this gold wrapper, the gold foil on it's the so tip. so fancy. It is fancy. So you pop it off and you got the gold foil. Makes it a pain in the ass to drink right from the bottle, but fun to pop off when you pour into a glass and it makes it kind of champagne. <laughs> All of them are very proper, very puritanical kind of writing and they're Samuel and they're Smiths. Uh, if you think about any kind of like the Puritans and stuff like that, that's the kind of font you get when you say mm -hmm. Samuel Smiths. And it's always kind of bordered and it's very, very classic. Brewed at the old brewery Tadcaster, established 1758. Uh, so that's kind of, I guess, a misnomer, really, because Samuel Smith inherited his brewery in 18-something, 1886, ah. I think I said. 1758 was the Hartley and uh, whatever brewery. Mm -hmm. back, but the brewery itself, water. yeah, the building itself, I guess, the old brewery, because that's what they call it. Samuel Smith's sign is on the door still above the brewery, and then it just says above the door, the old brewery. Huh. Which is interesting because then it's like, where's the new brewery? Yeah. Around the border, you get Samuel Smith Old Brewery, Tadcaster, and York's England, which I think is interesting. So Yorkshire is able to be brought down to just called York's. And obviously N dot is north, just like here. Tadcaster is in parentheses. So I wonder if Tadcaster is like just like a subsection of North Yorkshire. Hmm. Like uh Greenwich Greenwich Village isn't really an official thing. Oh, or it's official but thing, everyone but it's knows still the part area. of Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. It says, Soul Agents, Marchand du Vincorp, Seattle, Washington. So that's who gets to import it, I guess, into America. The Nut Brown Ale logo is appropriately dark gold bronze colored and brown. Uh, it's very drab. I'd and call it a very dark raisin. Okay, I can maybe get some purple going on in there, maybe, just slightly. Very, very, yeah. If I'm talking like video game color bars, I'm turning <laughs> the purple up to like a one, and my brown <laughs> is up to like a 99. <laughs> then there's green leaves around the old stamp, old-timey stamp of the brewery logo, uh, where in the front of the brewery, some horses are carrying the day's oh. kegs to their pubs. The leaves around the logo are bright green, which kind of pop. Uh, this is definitely not a bottle where the logo is trying to excite you. 
It's where the logo is trying to intrigue you, mm -hmm. which is what I look for a lot of sometimes when I'm doing these Mr. International ones, or I, I want to look for a good old beer. Or when we did Schlenkerla, which I found actually as well, because mm -hmm. when they look old, you want to make sure that it actually says established, you know, a long time ago. It's not just faking you out. Yeah. But like, I'm intrigued all of a sudden. I'm like, <laughs> ooh, a history lesson in beer. Yep. And that's definitely what Samuel Smith's going for here. The glass also, the bottle is also stamped with Samuel Smith's logo, which I think is cool. It's definitely yep. its own glass bottle. It's very unique. That We've only seen that like maybe twice before. Yeah. On the podcast. Mostly European beers, but other ones mm -hmm. do. I know Budweiser does it, has the crown oh, they stamped. Do. Oh, yeah. I think you actually mentioned that the last time we saw yeah. on, on a bottle here. And Sierra Nevada, maybe? Mm. For some of them? Oh, Kona maybe. was one of them. Kona, yep. Kona does it, yep. But I always like when they do that with the glass. I think that's cool. On the back, you get actual pictures of the uh, Shire horses that are used for the local deliveries. And they're actually really nice, like Clydesdale, Aww. almost Clydesdale looking horses. Yeah. They, yeah, they look like the Budweiser horses. A little bit maybe shorter, but still a ginormous horses. Then the back of the logo has all the stuff I already says. Then it says Samuel Smith has the richest, maltiest, and nuttiest of the brown ales. And that's a quote by Michael Jackson. Not <laughs> that Michael Jackson, Aww. but Michael Jackson, uh, the well-noted uh, beer reviewer, I think. <laughs> I think that is <laughs> That come would up, make more sense. I think that has come up before on the podcast, or I've had to bring it up before <laughs> in conversation. Uh, Fermented in stone at Yorkshire Squares is printed on the back logo as well. These horses are just awesome looking. I've never seen horses that big up close before. Any horses I've ever seen are like the classic like Wild West horses kind mm -hmm. of thing. I've never seen big working horses. No, me either. I don't even know where we would be able to around here. We've got a no decent clue. amount of farms in Connecticut, but yeah. Uh, that's just a bunch of like the normal crap information. Merchantduven.com is actually printed on the back logo. Even though I think that's just it's Reese, that's who they import it. Distributor, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that that's on the logo. I think that's been there before on different beers as well, where the importer gets the website on their back. Oh. And the brewer can, Her, but I guess Sam Smith doesn't. Perk of being the distributor, I guess. Yeah. It's just interesting that distributors on there. In America, like most people don't care who the distributors. Yep. Just give me my beer. <laughs> uh, then the Surgeon General warning and all that kind of good stuff other than that. So, yeah. And that is me talking for way too long, loopy on the COVIDs, <laughs> talking about Samuel Smith Brewery, which I was very interested in. I'm actually kind of glad I found out that stuff about the brewery's more shady dealings. Yeah. It's always interesting. We, we always talk about It's not about something we like, come across very often. I don't think we have any breweries with all that much power yet. Yeah, that's fair. Or- They haven't been established that long. You know, maybe obviously- Budweiser and Anheuser-Busch and all that probably do. Mm -hmm. But we aren't reviewing them on our beer podcast because it's Budweiser. Yeah. And fuck but, Budweiser. Yeah. I'm sure Budweiser has a bunch of shady stuff they do with their waste materials and stuff like that. Oh, no. But in oh. this case, it's like Samuel Smith running a whole town and just like controlling stuff. And that's like weird. And the rules for their pubs and all that. It's pretty crazy. It's just it's just a strange thing. But again, I still really want to visit it. And I, I will say, and this is something the BBC news article that was part of what I did, the um, part of where I got some of this information. They also mentioned that Samuel Smith Brewery hires 
a ridiculous amount of people and over 200 pubs throughout England. And these complaints are being made by, you know, not too few people. Mm -hmm. And obviously there are news reports and stuff I read as well. And TV presenters that even, you know, had to get involved in like hating Samuel Smith. Oh, So, you know, it's not just a couple of people, but thousands of people work for Samuel Smith who have been working there for decades and their families have worked there and their families before them. Mm -hmm. So there is something to say about that. Yeah, the longevity does speak for itself. So perhaps, yes, right now they might be a little narrow minded in certain aspects, but they've been a company that's been around for a long time and they really know how to make beer. Yeah. And so other employees seem to really like them. Right. So we're only giving you kind of one side of the picture. <laughs> but you know what they say the bigger you are, it's tough. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yep. It's something George Lucas always said when he made Star Wars. It's like when I first made Star Wars, I thought it was Luke Skywalker. And I never knew that I would grow to become the emperor. Because <laughs> that's what happens when you become a big corporation. It's like you can't, you can never be seen as the good guy. Mm-hmm. So we point all this stuff out, but it's also hard to take the corporate side. Yeah. But goddamn, they make a great ass beer. <laughs> <laughs> this is excellent. I'm very I'm, glad you like I'm it. I'm really happy with that we had this, yeah. Take us away, Binky. (laughs) So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackwinopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at crackwinopen or shoot us an email at crackandwinopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. We do. It's true. What else you got to plug? Ah, uh, you know, my audiobooks, buy my audiobooks, audible.com, Michael Butler, Switch Our and Gangsters, Sour, Coffee at Midnight, The Final Girl, Progressive Entrapment, uh, The Murder of Kelly Christopher. They're all really good. Just buy them. I don't make money unless you buy them. And then I can quit my day job and I don't have to work my day job anymore. And then I can do more voiceovers and more podcasts for you. And maybe some video content for this. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and then I've also got uh, Forgotten Cinema, a podcast to do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. That's available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family uh, where you can check out us, Crack It One Open, uh, some video stuff, and a bunch of other podcasts by some amazing hosts and co-hosts and presenters uh, about a wide range of topics. So go uh, check them out while you're there. Wunderbar. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.